2: Men and women who desire to know more about God, but there's obstacles that are in their way. Some of those obstacles are of their own making. Others, simply because of the circumstances that they find themselves in. She might be religious, but because of her past, because of issues in the past, she feels rejected by God or maybe even by the church. I don't want to go into that place because the way my past was. Do you, do you realize that there are some people that don't come into a church because they think that everybody at church has their act all together?
0: Some people who are sincere, curious, and searching for God may feel too different, too broken to be accepted. They desire to know Him, but may feel confused by the Bible. They know something is missing, but are shunned or rejected by those in the church building. Today, Pastor David wants to encourage you with the truth that God knows you fully and intimately. And he loves you deeply, enough to send Christ to die for you. Respond to those desires to know God. That's the Holy Spirit drawing you to him. Now here's Pastor David in the book of Acts chapter 8 as he begins his message, God's Work on the Move, Gaza to Caesarea.
2: Do you ever wonder what God is doing in your life? Or is that just me? Do you ever kind of argue with God saying that maybe you've got a better plan than he does? Or is that just me? There's things that happen in our lives, often on in our lives. God directs us in our lives in a multitude of ways that sometimes we don't understand the beginning because we can't see the end. And sometimes the beginning of what God is doing in our lives can be very uncomfortable. Amen? Or is that just me? (laughs) We're going to be looking today, actually, in Acts, as we continue on our series there in Acts chapter 8. We're going to be looking at Acts 8, beginning in verse 26. In the late 1800s, a woman by the name of Mary Brown wrote these words, which became a popular him throughout the nineteen hundreds. It may not be on mountains high or over the stormy sea. It may not be at the battle's front my Lord will have need of me. But if by a still small voice he calls to paths I do not know, I'll answer, dear Lord, with my hand in thine, I'll go where you want me to go. And I wonder this morning if we were singing that song, how many could honestly, honestly Say those words, I'll go wherever you want me to go, as long as I can go here, or as long as I can stay here. Sometimes we kind of filter in things. We put uh, points in in our prayers and in our surrender that, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do as long as I agree with what you want to do in my life. Or is that just me? We are in Acts chapter 8. We're going to begin in verse 26 this morning. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. Let's stop right there. One of the things we know about Philip, God had been using Philip already. Remember, he had already gone up to Samaria. God had used him in a powerful way. What we see now is uh, as he had started out in Jerusalem, he had started there with the time that, again, the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the church. A powerful move of God had happened in the church there thousands of people were coming to a saving faith of christ people were being healed people were being delivered it was an exciting time and then all of a sudden god says yeah but philip i want you to leave all of that excitement and i want you to go up to samaria we talked about Samaria last time. Again, not necessarily a pleasant place or the place where a Jew would want to go because it was a mixture of both Jews and Gentiles in their marriages. They were a, they, were a, a, they would call them a half-breed of people. Because, again, they were neither fully Jew nor were they fully Gentile. Again, what they had gone. And so Jews, again, avoided that as best they could rather than travel through that area. But when persecution struck the church in Jerusalem, the word tells us that the followers of Jesus spread out around the land. Uh, The apostles stayed in Jerusalem, but the rest of the church began to move. And while they moved, they continued to preach Christ. The body of believers was scattered everywhere and Philip found himself in Samaria. But once again, what seemed to be a bad deal God turned around to be good because, as we looked at last time, as Philip went, he was faithful to preach Christ to them, and great things began to happen in Samaria. Many were getting saved, many were getting delivered. Samaria was a beautiful place. Actually, the land is absolutely beautiful if you ever get the chance to go to Israel. Samaria, the area of Samaria, right below Galilee, it's a land, again, uh, just a uh, hill country, very green, beautiful beautiful place. But now when we get to verse 26, this is where we find that the angel of the Lord is telling Philip, hey, Phil, God's got another plan for your life. Now, I don't know about you, but can't you just hear Philip right now? But wait a minute. I like where I'm at. You're moving here. People are getting saved here. Things are happening here. I can't imagine that you would really want me to move, Lord. Or is that not really Philip's voice? That's actually our voice that we're hearing. When God is speaking, God is calling us. It's, it's like us. We don't like change. By and large, people do not like change. We want to get into the, the flow of things. We want to get into a status quo, particularly when the status quo is a good one. But God says, hey, you know what? I'm not finished yet. Oh, and by the way, this other plan that I have for you, you need to understand right at the beginning. It doesn't sound real good at the beginning. It doesn't sound pleasant at the beginning. But if you put your trust in me, all of it will work out. Who helps us understand the reasoning. You see, Samaria, like I said, beautiful hill country. Wonderful place to live. Primarily, Samaria was a calm, rural setting. As I said, farming area, grazing kind of a country, nice place to live. And now Luke tells us that the place that Philip is heading, well, it's a desert place. The deserts of Gaza. Some of the versions say this is a desert place. Other versions say this is a deserted place. It's certainly not like Samaria was. From Samaria, all green and pretty, we get down to Gaza, and it is dry. It's like God ran out of the color green by the time he got down to Gaza. It's like, uh, it's like our southwest deserts, very little rain down there, truly a desert place. And I think we can all agree that from coming from a place like Samaria, going down to Gaza, it's not necessarily a very pleasant place to be in. But it's like a friend once told me, even paradise is hell if God isn't there. You see, we want to be traveling where God wants us to be. We want to be found where God has a plan and a purpose for us. And beloved, when God is there, even a desert place becomes a place of bountiful harvest. Look there in verse 27. So he, Philip, arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all of her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. And then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. Now there's a few things we need to understand to kind of set the scene. The new man now enters into the scene in the story of what God is doing here at this time in the opening chapters of the life of the church. First of all, uh, this man comes from Ethiopia. It's not the Ethiopia that we know now. It's what would be known as Nubia. It's the area south of Egypt and on into the Sudan. This is where he was from, and during that time, the queen there, Candace, he was the treasurer for that kingdom, a man with great authority. But some of the other things we need to understand, he was not from Israel. He was an Ethiopian. He was also a eunuch, and uh, he was either born that way as a eunuch, or he was made that way by man. Now, because he was a eunuch, he could never become a full proselyte into Judaism. No matter how much he cared and and loved the law of God, he could not become a full proselyte because, again, physically he had been changed. He would have been known, or he could have been known as a God-fearer. Another name that they would give them is a a proselyte at the gate because they weren't allowed to be able to come into, again, the temple or the, the, the court of Israel itself. They could come into the court area of the Gentiles, but as a eunuch he could never become a full proselyte into Judaism. But yet, even with all of these hindrances, this man still made the 200-mile journey to come up to Jerusalem to be able to worship. And it's interesting, I think that with what we see with this man, we can also see the same issues that this man is going through in his life in our world today. Men and women who desire to know more about God, but there's obstacles that are in their way. Some of those obstacles are of their own making. Others, simply because of the circumstances that they find themselves in. She might be religious, but because of her past, because of issues in the past, she feels rejected by God or maybe even by the church. I don't want to go into that place because the way my past was. Do you, do you realize that there's some people that don't come into a church because they think that everybody at church has their act all together? <laughs> they don't know, do they? We're all a mess. We're chipped, stained, and let's face it, we're cracked pots, okay? We're all on journey together, but those are the, there are those out in the world that look at their lives, they look at the situation they find themselves in They say, I could never really enter in over there because I'm different than they are. And she feels that rejection. She feels rejected even by God, though perhaps there is a desire in her heart and in her life to come to know God more. He might be an individual who who reads the scriptures. He, He hears that this is a good book and that there's life found in this book, and he tries to read it, but he doesn't really comprehend it, and he's confused by what he reads because as yet, the Spirit of God is not within his life. And beloved, there are many who read this book and yet have absolutely no clue what this book is about or the power or the authority of this book in their lives. And so he stays on the outside, confused and not really entering in to the fullness of a relationship. There's a sincerity in their search. There's, there's a desire to know God but they've never come to a saving faith in Christ. Interesting thing is I believe that not only do we see that out in the world, we actually see that within the the walls of the church. Some that come into the church hoping that they can be changed, but they really wonder, am I really accepted by the church because I'm a little bit different than most of the people that are in there. My background, if they knew, they, they wouldn't receive me. A week or so ago, this thought came to me. If the world knew me and could see me the way that God knows me and sees me, I'd have neither friend nor companion in this world. But yet God does know me. God does see me. And even in that, He loves me. And He loves us enough to send Christ to die for us. You see, there's some that even inside the church, they wonder, would God even receive me? And I'm here to tell you on the authority of God's word that God knew you from creation past. He gave you life, He gave you breath, and His love is for you. It is for you. You see this man, this eunuch from Ethiopia. I think that God's been working on this guy probably for quite a while. Number one, he had it in him to make that journey. And perhaps that's not the only journey that he's made. Maybe he's come there before. Maybe he's traveled that journey before, but going home, never really receiving answer to his prayers. And it's kind of like those that come to church on a regular basis and they leave here without even being changed from what they came in with, without even experiencing the, the presence or the power of Christ in their life. There's something that is still missing. There's something that's still not hitting all the cylinders in their life. And they feel that God has rejected them. Man would reject them if they really knew who they were. And so they go home empty. Now God has set up for this eunuch a divine appointment. Don't you love divine appointments? I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in God-incidences. And we know here that God has his plan for this man because he's told Philip, leave Samaria, go down to this desert place, to this road here that goes from Jerusalem down to Gaza. Philip had no idea what was going on when he left. He only knew that God said, go. And those are exciting times in your life. I don't know how many of you have gone through those kinds of things, but when God says go and you simply go without really a fullness of the answer of what God is going to do, Philip had no idea what was going to happen. He simply knew that he was going down to that road between Jerusalem and Gaza, and Philip knew that was a desert place. This speaks so clearly for you and I. We should never, ever be afraid of where God is moving us or even where God has us at this particular moment. And I know that many of you, you've either gone through that kind of a situation or you're in that situation right now. Perhaps some of you, you're going to be moving into that situation and that's why God has you here today in order that you're already primed and prepped for it when it happens to you next week. You move into a place that is so dark that you can feel the darkness. You move into a place where suddenly it is so quiet that the loudness of the quiet itself is deafening. Fear actually begins to wrap its cold fingers around you, driving out hope, squeezing out any hope that God is actually going to do something because it's been so quiet and so silent for so long. but Beloved, that's when we need to trust him the most. In the darkness and in the quiet, that's when we need to trust him the most. Because God is still God. He is still in control. He's still on his throne. And he has for you good and not evil. He desires to move and work in your life. He is standing guard over you. He is preparing you. He is, even in the midst of that, he is strengthening you. And he is, I believe, even setting up divine appointments for you. Up in verse 29, it said, the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. Now, that in itself is kind of exciting when you think about it. All, all, all this eunuch had was a few horses to drive his chariot, but Philip had the Holy Spirit power of God within his life. Go and overtake that chariot. Wouldn't, wouldn't you think that God would say, uh, this chariot's going to stop up here in about a mile or two, so Philip, that's where I want you to be, so when that chariot stops. No, this chariot's on the move. And it said, no, go and overtake that chariot. And then Luke really makes it clear to us. Philip ran. He had to run to catch. That doesn't make any sense to me. God, if you're going to set up this appointment, why don't you make it easy for me? No, Philip had to do something. Philip had to be involved in this. Philip had to run. And he ran with a purpose. And beloved, I believe that if God calls you to it, God will enable you to do it but you need to be willing to step out, to step up. And even as in Philip's case, you need to run to it. Spirit said to Philip, go near, overtake this chariot. In verse 30, it says, so Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away and who will declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth. You see, he stopped actually about a a verse too short here and we'll look at that in a moment. This man was willing, he was desiring to draw closer to God. He wasn't satisfied with his formal connection of just going up to the temple, however often that he did that. He wasn't satisfied with being a God-fearer I believe that he truly wanted to know God. The unfortunate thing is too many people, I believe, even in our world today, we are more than satisfied to go through a formal ritual. Oh, it's Sunday morning. That's my habit. I go to church. I hear the music. I hear a lesson, and I go home, and I've just done my formal thing. This man was no longer satisfied with that. He wanted to have a true relationship with God. And so he asked Philip, can you explain these things to me? He searches the scripture. He has honest questions. And beloved, here's what you need to understand. God loves honest questions. There's things in your life that you don't understand. Is it a sin to say, why God? It's not. I believe that's an honest prayer. Lord, I don't understand this. I would love to know why. Does he always give an answer? No, many of you can testify that. We may never know this side of heaven, what God is doing when he's doing it. And even when we read the scriptures, I encourage people as you're reading the scriptures and you don't understand something, don't get so hung up, don't get so flustered and and, and tripped up on it, just circle that. Put a date next to it and keep reading. You might be amazed that in the next month or six months or a year later, you're reading that same passage and suddenly you read it. Oh, that's what that meant. That's so simple. I understand it now. Why? Because God is revealing his truth to you as you continue on in his word. This man was reading actually out of Isaiah chapter 53, verse 34. The eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, after he's read this passage, I ask you to whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or some other man. And then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. So Philip begins this uh, traveling Bible study as they're going down the road headed to Gaza. He starts at that scripture and he continues on, probably through that whole section of the scripture we know of as Isaiah 53. Now, Isaiah 53 is known as a section of the suffering servant or the suffering servant chapter. Now, the Jews, by and large, avoid this chapter like the plague, They don't want to hear this message because this message actually speaks to them that Messiah is going to come and he will have to suffer. And they read it and they don't understand it, they just avoid it completely. And it's interesting that Isaiah was written about 700 years before the time of Christ, but when you look at Isaiah 53, you see the life of Christ, particularly the suffering of Christ and the crucifixion of Christ so clearly and so plainly.
0: Thanks for joining Pastor David today as we study the book of Acts on the Open Word. Though our program has come to an end today, your time in God's Word can continue. It could be beneficial to go back and study today's passage in Acts on your own and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you about what you read. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor David, you'll find them at theopenword.com. We'd love to meet you too. If you're in the Casa Grande area, please join us this weekend at Calvary Chapel, Casa Grande. For directions and service times, give us a call at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Now let's turn it back over to Pastor David for a quick request for you, our listener.
2: Thanks, Chris. You know, as this ministry continues to grow and reach further into the community and around the nation with the message of the gospel, I know the enemy wants to stop it. I also know that prayer is a big part of holding him back. Would you take time to pray for us every time you tune in to The Open Word? Pray too for our listeners, your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and those who may have yet to place their faith in Jesus. This last category especially needs prayer. It could be that the next message you hear may be the first time they're learning about the hope that's only found in Jesus. Please pray that their hearts would be open and that they'd make a decision to follow Jesus forever. Hey, thanks for praying, and thank you for being a loyal listener to the open word.